Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is, yeah, it's Christmas Day. Happy December 25th. We're putting a few shows in the can for the next few days. We thought you might be getting a jump on your binging. So Mark found some great interviews of directors of documentaries that are available to stream. We're starting with the director of a film called Playing with Fire. Fire meaning financial independence, retire early. The director is Travis Shakespeare, and you can find this movie on Amazon Prime and iTunes. Walking out of the office right now, I just quit my job. Whew, that was really hard. My name is Scott Rickens. Like most people, money has never been easy for our family. This year, we're starting our own journey to financial independence. To pick up your life and just move. That is extraordinarily difficult. There's something scary about going, here's what's important to me in life. Here's how I'm going to live my life. We're doing a lot of things at once, changing our entire lifestyle of spending too much money. We're trying to figure out where we want to live while still working, while raising a baby. You have to reconcile in your mind that it's going to be a wild and bumpy ride at times. Can you do a $5,000 car? No. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna need help with this. The math is super, super simple. The thing that's hard though is the psychology. You know, what's all this work for if I can't even live in a two bedroom in a nice neighborhood? What have we done? I've made a huge mistake. Like, it was, uh, This has not been an easy journey. This may not work. And if it doesn't work, I've really sold a bill of goods to my wife, to my family. We've invested everything. This has to work. The movie follows a young couple that's just had a child and trying to figure out whether or not they really want to dive into the fire movement. It's really worth watching. And we'll hear from the director, Travis Shakespeare, about how he got involved with this project. So here's our interview with Travis Shakespeare. Let's have full disclosure. Travis... You and I have a previous relationship that you need to disclose for everyone so we don't get yelled at for not saying that we've had, you know, a love affair for a long time. Well, you know, I I called your show before I made the documentary because personal finance is, you know, for me also an issue. And I was looking for help. And so I called you. I reached out to you and Mark and you were kind enough to have me on your show. And so that is really how we began our relationship, which is not a real relationship, everyone. I'm just sort of making fun of the fact that like all of a sudden I'm watching this documentary and Mark's like, this dude called the show. And so it was very (laughs) exciting. So Travis, you are the director and an executive producer and you've got a ton of stuff on your credits. Really interesting to me, of course, is that you're all over the place in terms of the types of subjects. What drew you to the FIRE movement when you've done things from, you know, for National Geographic or the History Channel or, um, you know, Ice Road Truckers? What drew you to FIRE? 
Well, it really started out as a personal quest for me. Um, I was like so many people in this country, totally financially illiterate. Um, I was a starving artist for the bulk of my career. I just thought someday I was going to win the lottery and that that was going to take care of everything or that I was going to get, you know, a big job in Hollywood and suddenly become super wealthy. What was happening during the time that I was fantasizing about that was I was getting absolutely nowhere financially. I had uh, student loans to the tune of about $40,000 locked in at a 9% interest rate and I had a bunch of credit card debt. And when my father passed away, when I turned 40 years old, and I inherited $75,000, that money allowed me to pay off all of the debt that I had been carrying for the bulk of my, my life. Once I paid the debt off, I kind of panicked because I was like, what am I supposed to do with this $20,000? I had no idea what to do with it. So I started this kind of adventure of trying to educate myself, and that was... The beginning of that was really difficult because, as you know, the financial services industry is really complex for the average consumer to kind of grapple with. And, you know, I picked up like the intelligent investor because I thought I was smart and I could get through that. And I read that. I tried to read that book and I was just like, oh, my Lord, this is a mess. I'm never going to figure this out. But slowly but surely, I came across the fire movement through Mr. Money Mustache and also an incredible book, I don't know if you've read it, called Early Retirement Extreme by a guy named Jacob Lund Fisker, mm-hmm. who retired on like $300,000 invested in Europe where they have free health care. Um, but he was living on like $1,000 a month. And as you know, a starving artist myself, I was like, oh, I know how to live like this. If I just follow what these people are doing, maybe I'll save myself. You know, I, I had to I had to figure out how to restructure my retirement plan because I had no retirement plan. I, I just started following what they did. And, and surely enough, it started working quite fast for me. And how did you find the couple who are the subjects of the documentary? Yeah. So um, in my day job, I produced television shows and um, I had been I had started the documentary because I had gone on a retreat with some of the leaders of the fire movement and I, I was so impressed with the, what they were doing and with the fact that they were so willing to give this knowledge away for free that I wanted to do something to help in my own way. I'm not a blogger. I'm not a financial expert. But I thought I know how to tell stories. And if I can inspire people to think about their financial lives differently, then, you know, I'll, maybe I can do it via a documentary. I got waylaid partway through the process with a big job um, at my company to launch a new TV show. And I heard Scott and Scott Rickens, who's one of the people who's featured in the documentary uh, on a podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, that guy's doing my documentary. This is terrible because he started filming himself, Mm -hmm. but he's not a director. So I called him and I was like, hey, do you need any help with this thing? And he was just relieved really because he was like I don't know what I'm doing I put myself into this film and like it's really difficult and we just struck up a partnership that turned out to be quite extraordinary. I thought it was interesting to really follow the journey of him and his wife and this newborn and I must say that I felt a little bit old fartish as I was watching it and and I'll tell you the where where I definitely felt it most this concept of like I just, I, you know, she's telling the story how she is very happy in her career. 
And I don't understand why she wants to stop. And I say to myself, but don't you have ambition? Like, it's great to raise your kid, but, you know, you do get something very different out of an ambitious career. What's your take on that? I mean, I am an old fart, so I'll just own it. But, like, I really feel the value of work is so interesting. And and she wasn't miserable. She said she was happy in her life. Yeah, well, I think the thing that really um, happened for them was that they had a kid. Right. Yeah. And she was really happy pursuing her career. But then they realized that they were spending all of their time to generate the money to support the lifestyle that they had been living before they had a kid. And that meant that she had to spend all of her time at work. And she was they were going down the the route of like the typical, I think, upper middle class family where if both parents are working, you end up spending all this money on on nannies and you know babysitters and whatever so that you can support the career, but then you don't have as much time with the child. Okay, you know? hold on. So so I'm not a parent, so I'm going to interrupt you and, and, and make sure that I understand this. So I wasn't clear how much time she was really spending. I did get the part where it's like, hey, we're driving a BMW. We live in San Diego. It's a nice place. It's like we're spending more money. But I was not convinced that she was like working 90 hours a week or anything. She wasn't like some investment banker who had zero life. So what is it about this generation of people who is seeking something very different? I need you to educate me about this because I don't get it because I'm a worker. And even Mark, who is the best executive producer in the world, who just had a baby, also, like, we come from working stock. So what are we missing? Is it just because we love what we do? I, I think there's there's a couple of things here. One is that in my experience, I don't have kids either, but in my experience of watching women in today's culture, I think that a lot of them really struggle with the dual role of mother and, you know, career champion. I see that in my in all of my friends who've had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are career driven women, and and they've wanted to have careers, and it's a real struggle, and it's really hard for them. So I think that's number one. Number two, we live in the Instagram world mm-hmm. where we have a whole generation of people who have been well exposed to amazing things every single day on social media. I believe that that has created a desire and a sense of, I don't know if entitlement's the right word for it, but let's say a sense of really possible. You know, you, you, you look at Instagram and you start thinking to yourself at 20 years old, wow, the world really could be my oyster. All I have to do is just get on a plane and go take pictures of myself. <laughs> right? Yes, I got but, you. But there's a big leap in in like reality between that idea and how, what it takes to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm also wondering if this is just keeping up with the Joneses on steroids. So that if I wa- if I'm on the Instagram universe, right? And if I am looking at this fear of missing out and like seeing lifestyles and all of this that it compels me to feel like I need to do more and more and more. And then you finally, someone says, well, why are you doing all this stuff for what, right? So the part that I did really relate to in the documentary was the feeling of wanting to own your time and to be more in control. So I always feel like when I interview people about the FIRE movement, the part of 
the fire movement that I find really important is the FI. The RE uh-huh. is just completely not interesting to me because I don't think most people are going to retire early. I do think the idea of putting yourself in a position to have more control over your life, that financial independence part, that is a core issue that resonates with anyone for any age. I don't want to be beholden to a job or a employer and be at the whims of the economic cycle because that feels so insecure to me. So I guess that I, I am I am mystified in some respects by people who are like, you know, a 27 year old who just sent me an email like I just want to like, you know, learn how to code so I can like be in my bedroom and work. And I say, OK, that's great. But, you know, how are you learning? What What's happening? Where's your interaction? Where is your fulfillment? And again, that might be just me being old fashioned. Well, I don't know if it's you just being old fashioned. I think it's also that our society has changed a lot and the security nets of our society are being eroded continuously at this time. And I think that this generation also realizes that on some level and that they, they understand the urgency of having to take control of their financial life, even if they don't know how that happens. What about that criticism that, you know, another old codger pointed out to me, which is like all these people, whether it's Mr. Money Mustache, that they're really just creating little cottage industries for themselves and that it's all baloney. What I would say to that is that I don't think that Mr. Money Mustache set out to create a a cottage industry for himself. I really think that he did it because he just wanted to educate people about the possibility. And then it became a huge deal. There are definitely a lot of people who've come along on the heels of that in order to create a cottage industry and to spread the good word, right? Yeah. So some of them are just capitalizing on what's available. And some of them I do think really do have a desire to change people's approach. What did you learn by putting this movie together for yourself, better or for worse? The biggest thing that I've noticed is how deep the taboo around money is in our culture. It's just wild to me because all that this culture talks about is money all the time. But if you talk to somebody about their own personal relationship with money, it's a big deal. And what about you and your own financial life? When I started trying to fix my own financial life and I did it through the FIRE process, what I didn't realize was that I was going to come up against this question of like, am I really going to retire or not? Because, you know... I agree with you. Like, I like to work through the expansion of my own financial success because of the FIRE principles. It's allowed me to take greater risks in my own life, Mm. right? It's not just about cutting the cord and like sitting on a beach for the rest of my life. I mean, honestly, doing this documentary is a direct result of my wealth because I was able to go to my job and be like, hey, I want to do this documentary. And it's a personal side project, and I want to carve it out. If I hadn't grown my wealth to a degree that I felt safe to do that, I might not have ever been able to make the documentary. I mean, I think that that's one of the great gifts of being financially independent or having, you know, just plain old savings that you have more choices. You can afford to assume risks that you may not normally have Or if you're just working or supporting a lifestyle that was way more than you needed, then you wouldn't have that. I think that what I really did learn in watching the film was I have zero interest in living like a very minimalist life. 
And Mark is laughing so hard. I love some of the things that money can buy. And that's one of the reasons mm. I work really hard and I can make, make money is that I do like to go out to dinner or I do want to go on an expensive trip and stay in a nonsensical hotel. I like that. Okay. So I own that and that's fine. I think I had a greater appreciation for when watching the story of that, of this couple's journey and really watching them say, you know, what is it about our life that we really want? What are we honoring here? We want to like basically be so into being parents. That's great. It's all wonderful. It's all good. But whatever it is that you want, having that goal is incredibly important. So that I think is incredibly useful. I I really did enjoy it. It was fun. It was awful at parts where I was like, no, don't do that. (laughs) But It was great. And so I really do appreciate that. I think that what you touched on is really, really the point is the valuation point. Like what is valuable? What is important in my life? I think that's the ultimate point of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to constantly ask myself, what, what do I really want? What's really valuable here? Yeah. Do I want to buy a new car? I, maybe I can afford a new car, but would I rather go on an amazing once in a lifetime trip instead or help my mom out? you know, in her aging years. Like, these are the questions that that you have to ask yourself with around money. None of us can escape money, right? Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that. You can find Playing With Fire, the documentary on Amazon Prime and on iTunes. So check it out. Now you can go about your day and have your fabulous Christmas celebration. Eat a lot. Don't feel guilty. Have fun. But please, as always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing. And hey, come on, it's Christmas. I don't even have to tell you this, but do something nice for someone today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.